It's time for Swinging Blindly, the show where PJ and Blaze make their bold baseball predictions. Once in a while, they'll hit a home run. Sometimes they'll hit a grounder or fly ball somewhere, but most of the time they're going to swing and miss. Strike three, you're out. Here he is, stepping into the batter's box, the man with the plan, who roots for a team with a late legend named Stan. It's not unusual for him to lead off, B.J. Geary. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Shout out our guests, and welcome back to the pod that gets the nod. The pair that ain't square. Back to back in the batting order, but definitely at the back end. It is PJ and Blaze, the guys who are swinging blindly for the fences and don't give a damn where it lands. Welcome back to the Swinging Blindly podcast. I am PJ and my co-host, Blaze. Oh, hey, <laughs> sorry, I uh, I missed my cue there for a second. Uh, PJ, how are you? Doing doing great. And uh, you know yeah. what? Before we even introduce our guest, okay. who, is, who is someone who we've had on the show, and please, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you say your piece as well. I just want to apologize. I've been melancholy. I've been. I've been. I haven't been on my game the last two couple episodes because I've I've let the Cardinals get to me. And you know, some would say that that's the fan in me. But I, the fan, the people that listen to this show do not deserve that. So I'm back. I am better than I ever have been. And this is the episode that is going to prove and show that. So here we are swinging blindly blaze. I'm so happy to be back with you. Absolutely. And if I may introduce our guest, Oh yes, sir. And by the way, you know, the next 55 or so minutes will, will be the jury on whether you are back and better than ever, because oh. I do, because I do have to be that guy that challenges you a little bit as Ooh. well as our guest here, a fellow Yankee fan like me, been on the show a couple of times. He, did a great job of dealing with my my 99-mile-an-hour heat up and in at him the first time he was on. He he didn't shy away. He didn't step out of the box. He didn't strike out or wimp out or any of that or, you know, go sit on his bidet or any of that. He is the man, the guest of the hour, quite literally, uh, Brett Monroe. Brett, welcome back to the show, my friend. Well, thank you, Blaze. Thank you, PJ, for having me back on the show. It's so good to be back talking baseball, swinging blindly with the boys because we don't care where it lands. That was a great intro. Uh, I'm happy to be back. And and my oh my, has baseball changed a lot since the last time I was on this show? And for the better. For you. Well, definitely for us. No, it's it's for the better. Because we are we are the non-silent majority right now, Brett. That's true. We have this hour to speak our piece and, and be heard. Absolutely. And before we move on, you know, uh, uh, and we'll get to it. This is a show for the, ba- uh, the baseball fan by the baseball fans, whether the crazies 
the casuals, however you choose to ingest and and watch the great sport that we are talking about here today. We I, are. Here I feel like ingesting a baseball would really hurt. So, <laughs> I suppose digesting a baseball would probably really hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But digest this. We are on social media: facebookcom podcast on Twitter at swingingblindly. Uh, as as you've got to get out of the box here a little bit, and boys. It is amazing, and we can, regardless, I mean, just on the sheer fact alone, a Mets player, a former Cubs player, has united the three of us in our collective sheer dislike just in and of itself on its own with a certain player who talked about booing fans and how the fans need to be doing better. That just amplified the dislike even more, I think, for the three of us. We, uh, of course, are talking about Javi Baez, who was traded to the Mets from the Cubs, more or less because he was Francisco Lindor, or he's Francisco Lindor's buddy, to the point where he said he would be willing to play second base, give up the shortstop position to play with his buddy Frankie Lindor, who at least year one of a 10-year deal for Lindor has... Sold the contract short. And then you have Baez talking about booing the fans and how the fans need to be, how the fans need to do better. I, I mean, boys, what a crock this is. Yeah, the, the fans are under no obligation to do anything other than not throw things at players, which they didn't do here. The only thing they did was throw the booze down in the Mets' direction, which, uh, this might sound bad coming from a, a Yankee fan, but the, the Mets were just playing poorly. And that's about as objective as it gets. And the fans were uh, responding as they have every right to do. And as a professional, you can't, you can't boo back. That was that statement by Javi Baez was one of the dumbest statements I've ever seen Uh from a post-game press conference. That is just Yeah, and I felt really, yeah, I felt really bad for Luis Rojas because he was asked about it, and Luis Rojas is like, essentially to the reporters, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, this yeah, guy, I, I really feel for Luis Rojas, who, yeah, I mean, certainly has been with the organization for a long time, no doubt about it, came up through the organization, he is a baseball lifer with his, you know, with his family, much like Aaron Boone is with the Yankees. But I don't know. I just don't think Luis Rojas is meant to be under the New York microscope as a manager. And I feel bad for him because he really has not done anything necessarily to lose his job. He just seems like he's kind of floundering. I mean, yes and no. I mean, the Mets changed everything from the top down. It's not even the it's not even the Wilpons anymore. It's Cohen now, and right. a lot of Mets fans were excited because they thought things were going to be different than what they had been experiencing under the Wilpons. And here's sort of the same thing that would have happened regardless. So I, I don't I don't know if it's fair to say that Luis Rojas 
should have a better handle on a player who's only really been on the Mets for a cup of coffee so far. Um, I guess he can't do the talking for everybody. It's kind of just personal responsibility at this point. If you're Javi Baez, you can't just, even if that's what you feel in your heart, you can't say that right to a reporter. And, and then you can't get mad at the media for reporting what you said. And, and what are they just supposed to do? Throw that comment under the rug. Like <laughs> you made an inane comment uh, about a gesture. I mean, just lie or I don't know, but don't, don't tell the truth in that situation. It's just terrible judgment. I, I guess I find it a little unfair to blame Rojas for it though. I'm not, I'm not blaming Rojas. It just, it, I just see a pattern where he, he doesn't know. It just seems like he doesn't have a great pulse on his players. That's, that's really all I'm saying. I mean, PJ, from your standpoint as a Cardinal fan, um, I and what and what Javi Baez said. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I am not I'm not a fan. I I think it's uh it's tough, it's a tough look for the organization as a whole, and because it's almost you think about it to a, or any kind of business, you know, you have you have workers that work for you, and and it's tough to like bring it to this comparison, but. You know, you ha- you're working for a organization and you reflect what you do reflects on that organization. So right. what he's doing and then the comments after the fact saying that the fans need to be better, that is tough. That is a tough and, reg- and Brett, I think you had said, you know, it comes down to how these things are portrayed and obviously there are truths that are all over the place, but one truth, one fact is that Javi Baez said that the fans need to be better. And that is a rough accusation for somebody, for a baseball player to make. I mean, and it's uh yeah, it's tough. It's a tough, it's a, eh, I mean, uh, man, I mean, I, I don't care. I don't care if it's New York City or if it's Pittsburgh or Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Kansas City. I mean, you, you get the drift that I'm saying. Telling a fan base that you have to do better is just so patently unacceptable. And then the thing that cracked me up, too, just to ice the cake, is Sandy Alderson had to come out with a statement, the president of baseball operations for the Mets, more or less saying that, we have to meet, we're meeting with all the players to talk with them about their conduct and how booing fans is unacceptable. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, you would not think that that would be a discussion that would need to be had, but apparently it does. And I mean, judging from the outside, with no, I have no sources, I have nothing. It's just, I I'm guessing the environment in the locker room is not as optimistic as it could be because of the way that they've been playing But uh, to, to allow a player who, yes, he's won a world series uh, in hobby bias five years uh, ago still. So, so some of the guys that haven't on the Mets, maybe they look up to him. Maybe they don't, I don't know, but he hasn't been there that long and to uh, get, Francisco Lindor roped in and uh, I mean it's just a it's just a bad situation because Javi Lopez is not 
Javi Baez. Gonna be back. There's no way, Javi, sorry, yeah. Javi Baez, there's no way he's re-signed. And, and you said five years ago, please. The Yankees haven't won in 12 years. So let's, you know, come on. I mean, that's that's way more relevant, his World Series win. Not to defend what? him. Not to defend him and what he did, but just, you know, you said five years ago. I mean, Yankees haven't won in 12 years. Yeah, but and they, what, what, and before what does then, that... they hadn't won in. I'm just saying. You, yeah, but, you, but PJ, we're a podcast. We're a podcast for all of the fan bases. Right. And here but, we are. Here we are, what does, here what we does... are laughing at the Mets and like, I'm here to defend the Mets because. The, how can you pod, defend a team? On, no. What do you mean? How on can this you podcast. De- how can you defend a team with comments like that who has gone 3 and 11 or 4 and 10 in their past 14 games has clearly proven that they have no business being in the playoff conversation. I mean on- the, the, my my only th- my only thing about the the 5 years ago was uh, like that just further exclaims how much of a veteran is and how much that leadership example needs to be there for some of these young players who somehow, some way, can have a Pollyanna positive attitude about how they have played lately, especially after the All-Star game. I think they've gone something to the effect of 19 and 30 in their past 39 games or 49 games, something along those lines. There should be nothing to smile about in that locker room. There is no room for you to be criticizing anyone except for yourselves and how you've been playing. I'm not talking. I agree with everything you just. Okay, well then why? Then, but then why are you accusing me of laughing at the Mets? Because I mean, the the, the situation is ago, laughable. A month, a month and a half ago, they were they two months ago they were the talk of the town, and the Yankees weren't. So then now that the the tables are turned, it's like win with some class. What do I you mean, mean? No, I'm looking. No, I was laughing purely at the fact that Sandy Alderson, the president of baseball operations, has to come out and release a statement talking about meeting with meeting with the players to talk about how booing fans is unacceptable. That's not comical to you, regardless of what team it is. I don't know. I guess I find the situation more sad than comical. I, I see where the humor could derive from. I just think it's it's just incredibly there has I can't think of another example where the players outwardly showed their displeasure for the fans to the effect of of giving the thumbs down signal to the crowd after a base hit. Uh, what I mean, what what was there to gain out of showing up the fans? I mean, the fans exactly are the the fans are the reason why all of these professionals get paid so much money. If there was no fans in attendance, they wouldn't be getting paid uh, $34 million, like in the case of Francisco Lindor. And uh, I guess, you know, you, you did mention Luis Rojas. I, I said something. I, I personally think that if Luis Rojas loses his job, it, it's not going to have anything to do with this situation. No, I would agree. Uh, I, I, think, I think he would lose his job due to the team just generally underperforming and needing a new voice in the room. I could see the Mets totally needing that. So I'm not advocating for Luis Ross to keep his job necessarily, although I don't want to see anyone lose their job. Right. Uh, I just, I just think with the poor performance of the Mets, how you, how you did say they, they've fallen off a cliff. Uh, this division should have been theirs to win. They've had injuries just like any other team, but there's been plenty of times where they just haven't gotten the job done 
when it needed to be done. And everything, everything about their failures is due to what happens in between those lines. They just not, they have just not performed well at all but since would, the All-Star break. Wouldn't you both agree, though, that this situation has put an exclamation point on the fact that Luis Rojas does not seem to have much of a pulse for this team? I guess I already was of the assumption that he was going to lose his job at the end of the year, regardless of this situation happening or not. If the Mets just don't make the playoffs at all, I don't see a world in which Luis Rojas comes back anyway. Cohen kind of kept him on. I think he would probably want to start anew anyway. Um, so I, I guess, no, I, I just, I think that Luis Rojas losing his job was inevitable. And this, I mean, this doesn't make it look any better. Uh, but I don't know how many other teams were going to sign up for Luis Rojas as manager anyway. You know, he he got the job because he came up through the Mets. I'm sure he's a great guy, probably a great guy. But yeah, certainly. I, I mean, the, the success of the team is going to dictate if he got to keep his job or not. I don't I, these I find this very much on the players and specifically Baez. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. And and Peach, I promise I'll I'll let you make whatever point you want to make without yelling over the top of you. I just no, I have not. I have nothing else to add on this. I just you know we're a baseball podcast, so I wanted to get to more of the uh, other baseball. So sure, uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's do that. So we have uh, obviously around the league. We want to touch on you know, Paul. You know the Yankees fans are are happy. The Met fans are probably not happy with us now. But that you know what. We talk about every team here on Swinging Blindly, and that's what we're going to do um, before we get into a little bit more of a deep dive that I had planned. Let's uh, just quickly recap the the standings very, very quickly with, with just very, very quickly. A least, the Rays sit on top six games over the Yankees, eight games over the Red Sox, Blue Jays 13 and a half, the Lowly Orioles 41 Plus games back. AL Central, the White Sox, 76 wins, uh, sitting 10 games up, 14 over the Tigers. Royals, 16 twins sitting there at the bottom, 17 and a half back. The Astros are at five and a half, or sorry, the Astros are in first place with the Athletics, five and a half back. Mariners, seven and a half. Angels, 13 and a half. And the Rangers, the aforementioned Rangers, 32. Back. 32 games yeah. back. I mean, just, and then just, that just is to contextualize a before you, number. Yeah, I mean, just to contextualize before, I mean, aforementioned, I mean, we were talking about the, the Rangers in the pregame. Or, or, well, yeah, I mean, kind of our pregame sort of, you know, banter, if you will, before we came on uh, because, you know, Brett lives down in, in the Lone Star State. So just to kind of contextualize, uh, you, you know, the afore part there. Thank you there. And uh, the NL, NL East, uh, the Braves sit four and a half above the Phillies, Mets seven and a half, Nationals 15, Marlins 16 games back in the lowly NL East. Let's just call a spade a spade. In the, in the NL Central, the Brewers sit eight and a half games above the Reds, 12 over the Cardinals, 22 and a half over the Cubs, and 31 over the Pirates. And then the NL West, one of the best, or just the top two at this point, uh, and you know, still top three. The Giants sit two and a half games above the Dodgers, 
15 and a half over the Padres, 24 over the Rockies, and 41 41 over the Diamondbacks. So what I wanted to get into was just for the next two weeks, because we probably will not get a third before the playoffs really get going. So we'll do a deep division dive, division deep dive, however you want to word it. The triple D's here, and we're gonna we're gonna start with the AL, and we're gonna do the AL because of the Yankees, because of you guys, because of both of you being on the show today. That is why, and we'll uh, we'll tackle each division in the AL really quickly with obviously some emphasis on the East, but uh, let's just start uh, the left the left coast. We'll go to the AL West. The Astros, uh, as I said, Astros, Athletics, Mariners, Angels, Rangers. Guys, what is our thoughts on the West? Is there a chance for the Athletics to take over that or the Mariners? I mean, only seven and a half back. Do we see a challenge for the top spot or will we get potentially two wild cards from this division? A lot to talk about for the West. Well, I mean, I think – First, what we really should do is at this point, I mean, the teams that that have frankly played themselves out of the out of the playoff conversation, I, I really think we should, you know, not or I, I, I don't see why we need to give them a lot of plug either. Um, but I mean, it, it is interesting. I mean, the A's, I mean, they, they came back and split the series with the Yankees. Mariners, I mean, only two and a half behind. I just don't see Brett, and I think you'll agree either one of those two teams catching the Astros. To me, the fascinating thing is, are the Mariners going to be able to pass the A's? And as the Red Sox continue their little bit of a free fall, um, it's going to be interesting to see how those three teams, meaning the Red Sox, A's, and Mariners, uh, how how that positioning kind of jockeys itself out. I think Toronto is just, I don't think they have the horses to keep up it you know, in this conversation. Yeah. I mean, I would tend to agree. I would say that I mean, the athletics could make a run at the Astros. It's not impossible. It's certainly not mathematically impossible. No, I don't foresee it. I do think the Astros hold on to the AL West win the division. Uh, and I mean, the last 10 games sort of tells the story too. you know, Astros seven and three athletics, four and six Mariners, five and five. So Athletics and Mariners are going to, I think, battle it out here. But I, I don't. I guess I could see a flip flop. And I mean, who would have thought Seattle would I, be doing? But what I mean, they, at the same doing. time, the I mean, from the from the if you the entire wild card picture, the Yankees can't put anybody in their rearview mirror. I mean, they're only two and a half, uh, two games up on the Red Sox, four and a half up on the Mariners. So it's it's going to be a tight September and all these teams are going to have to continue to play. Well, I, I would give the edge to the Astros to win the West. Yeah. Uh, PJ, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we're looking at, we're looking at the Astros probably coming up at the West, obviously the white Sox out of the central. And then uh, I think the AL East, even though it seems long right now, it's uh, and you guys can speak more to it. And it, it, uh, the Yankees are surging, but the Rays, man, the best the best team in the AL, and 
there's the two best teams in the league, I believe, sit in the NL West. Yeah, I mean, when just, you know, percentage-wise, it's the 84 and 46 Giants and the 82 and 49 Dodgers and then the 82 and 48 race so that the they're number two in the majors so it's tough it's it's always weird to see the rays at the top of the division especially at the top of our league but honestly um, it's something we need to get used to and i'll i'll give you just a little bit of a, a snippet stat here if you will when the yankees had their 13 game winning streak which was snapped the other day on saturday tampa bay went 10 and 3 during their 13-game stretch, the same stretch of time that the Yankees had their 13-game winning streak. So as well as the Yankees played, they only were able to gain three games on Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's Tampa's going to be a really tough horse to catch. I mean, as hot as the Yankees have been, 8-2 and two in their last 10, Tampa's 9-1. and one. They just win all the time. Yeah. So unless the wheels completely fall off in September... The Yankees need to treat every series as must win. Not you don't have to sweep you. They have to, they're gonna have to basically win out in every series from this point on to have any hope of catching the race. Yeah, I mean the one silver lining is the fact that Tampa Bay is done playing the Orioles, and the Orioles went one and eighteen against Tampa Bay. Which the, is just the best the the best the Yankees can hope for is, well, obviously to catch the race before the final series of the season against them. But you'd really like to be, you know, one game back. So if, if you know, if you win the series, with you don't even have to sweep it. If you win the series, you win the division. Exactly. Uh, but it's going to be a fun September. That's for sure. Because the Yankees are still playing great baseball. Uh, and I, I've, I've been, su- I've, it's been such a joy to watch, Blaze. It's just... The team is completely different now. The story of Andrew Velasquez has been wonderful. Uh, Bronx kid playing shortstop for the New York Yankees, helping them win games, coming up with hits, coming up with defense. Uh, Gallo's been good, and John Carlo Stanton has been mashing lately. You you don't get much better than that. And on top, and the cherry on top of all of it, too, Blaze, Aaron Judge has been healthy pretty much all year long. Yeah, and and Anthony Rizzo and what he has brought to this team, I, you know, you know, I I know you heard me do a hot take about Brian Cashman and everything, which of course I've had no choice but to soften on because I at the time I saw no no hope no shot that the Yankees were going to have relevancy and it looked like that was going to be the case until the trade deadline you know bringing Gallo in who's who's a gold glove outfielder that has essentially said Clint Frazier you're not going to be a Yankee next year um Giancarlo Stanton has proven himself quite capable in the outfield as well which I'm telling you right now I think him playing the outfield more is a direct relationship to why he's mashing the ball Anthony Rizzo, I mean, and just the the first base play that that he and the play that he brings to the position, a substantial upgrade over Luke Voigt to the point where and and Velasquez love him to the point where I will say this: if the Yankees trade both Glaber Torres and Luke Voigt, I'd be perfectly happy with it. Yeah, I think Voigt remains a Yankee uh, unless unless the Yankees resign Rizzo, they're not paying Rizzo. 
So they're, they basically have Rizzo for free right now, and they're going to ride it for as long as they can. But next year, I, I do think we see Voight return instead of, instead of Rizzo, unless, they, unless he just loves the experience so much that he comes back. I, I view Rizzo more as a, as a rental. See. But it, it's been so much fun having him on the team. He's had such a positive impact, and uh, especially before COVID. Um, after COVID, you know, he's get, he's knocking the rust off now, but he's uh, his defense was missed. Oh, no, no question about it. See, I actually could see the Yankees making something happen with Rizzo, similar to what we did with Mark Teixeira. Mm. I, I could see that happening, and I think it should happen. I mean, Andrew Velasquez has proven himself to me, and I'm normally not someone who says – you lose your job because of injuries. But Glaber Torres really has shown nearly nothing, not just in this stretch of this season, but last year as well. It almost feels to me like the 38 home runs or however many he hit in 2019 was sort of an outlier. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, we will have to see. I've been a huge fan of Velazquez. I also think it would, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, give Tyler Wade some love as well. Absolutely. Tyler Wade has been amazing lately. Uh, finally getting regular playing time. And he, I believe I saw a stat. Um, I don't know if it still holds true to this day, but during that winning streak that the Yankees went on, Tyler Wade was leading the team in overall war. Uh, that I mean, he his contributions should not be brushed aside, and I think Tyler Wade has earned himself a spot on this team. I completely agree, and I think your categories that that is your cat, right? Yes, yeah, oh yeah, that's my cat. I guess his favorite player is Tyler Wade. So that's good to know. Good to know. (laughs) Good to know. Now I know what to buy him. for uh, I think I think his birthday passed, so I guess Christmas would be his nearest time. I guess I could spoil him and get it whenever I want. A Tyler Wade jersey for the cat. He he is your kid after all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh. Well, well, how about that? How about that? Your your cat loves Tyler Wade. Who knew, man? I had no idea. I didn't know. I didn't know who his favorite player was up until this point. Mystery yeah. solved. Yeah. Big I mean, things happen in on swinging blindly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in, indeed. 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 You're absolutely indeed. right. Yeah. And here we are at, uh, we, what, why don't we just go right into, uh, the pretender contender. You guys. Yeah. Game. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, you know, we were able to talk about the Yankees. We were able to break down what is going on in Major League Baseball here on the Swing Bonded Podcast. And now we will get into pretender or contender for my co-host, Blaze, and our guest here, Brett I'll throw out a team, and you will tell me if they are a contender or a pretender. I, I feel like it was probably uh, self-explanatory, but here we are. That sounds um, simple enough. There you go. So, I'll start in the AL. 
You guys are talking about it. Let's go with the ooh, couple teams I can go with, but I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners contender or pretenders currently sitting four and a half games out of the second wild card spot. Pretender PJ pretender all the way. I don't think they have enough gas left in the tank to get them into that second wild card position. Um, I, they just, they're not a bad team, but pretender this year. I I think I think Seattle has had a really good run, but I do have to agree with Brett. So to quote the the platters, oh, oh yes, I'm the great pretender. I felt like John I Sterling it. quoting a song from the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> from the NL. I mean, we've we've talked about them, but I think the people who might might be listening to this right now might want us to say this. So, the New York Mets pretenders. All right, beyond beyond pretending, they they need a. is there no chance that the Mets make the playoffs? There is a zero percent chance the Mets make the playoffs. Zero. Zero percent chance. Yes. Wow. What do you think? All right. I I totally agree. They're, they're currently sitting seven games back of the second wild card spot. In in, uh, in a division, I, in a division where they're gonna have to win it because they've got no shot at the 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 wild card. Because isn't everyone in that division worse? Than the um, have a worse record than the. the well, the funny thing is, actually, now that you ask, the Mets are seven and a half games behind the Braves. So they're actually closer to the Reds by half a game. And I mean, negligible, I suppose, but every game still counts. And I I mean, the Braves, I get I guess they're catchable. But no. I don't. I don't. I don't see the Mets even nabbing the second wild card spot, let alone the NL East. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't see them even remotely sniffing it, you know. And and you know, I'll just I'll just make another exclamation point on the Mets. I mean, the Braves they had to retool their entire outfield because of injuries, and the Mets just sort of stood there on the sidelines. Like, yeah, I mean, it does help when Ozzy Albie's is still up at, up near the top of the league in extra base hits. Uh, that that'll still help you win games, even with Acuna down. You still have Freddie Freeman. They're still a good team, and the Mets just did not take advantage earlier on in the year uh, when Lindor was not playing well. They could have perhaps built a nice little cushion for themselves, and instead they are now deep in the trenches. And I, I don't see them finding a way out. Yeah, PJ, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a big gap there, and a lot of the teams here, uh, as the research went, a lot of the the Brink teams, it's it's tough to see a path for a lot of them to to get up to uh, playoff contention. But such is the podcast life, and we will continue. And okay, I'll I'll give you guys a team. I'll give you guys a team here, contender or pret- uh, contender or pretender. Let's see here. 
I'm going to stick in the National League and say the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, that was tough. If you um, if you didn't pretender. do it, I was going to do it. No, I mean pretender, and that was that pretender, 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 pretender from your boy here, PJ. Uh, the, the I'm going to take the glass half full approach. I'm going contender. No. I think they not can even, catch the Reds. They're only close. three and a half back right now. Paul Goldschmidt's been playing great. They, if they can string a, a good series of wins, they're five and five in their last ten. So if they can, if they can improve that just a little bit, seven and three, eight and two, and start gaining some ground on the Reds, who are only six and four in their last ten. The Cardinals could make moves, and they have yeah. an entire month they to could, do it. Right? It's, it's, they could, right? They could. They could. Contender. Contender. Yeah, they see, could. See, Brett, their this season is, is I, not. Their season is not. They could. Done. They could. Brett, see what I mean? Like, like it's been like dragging him through the mud the past few episodes. Like, yeah, see what I mean? You know, I have faith in your team. They no. can get. They can reach the second wild card. No, no. The division's not happening. The Brewers are going to win the NL Central. But the second wild card spot, the Cardinals have just as good of a chance as the Padres, the no. Reds, or the Phillies uh, no. to to win it. I would yeah, even. Probably. They just need a strong month of baseball, and Actually. it's not impossible. I would even go as no. far as to say that the the Cardinals have a better chance than both the Padres and the Phillies because, I mean, the the free fall from grace that the Padres have I mean, had, excuse me, has has been unbelievable. You guys don't know, like the the schedule for this team is is they wasted their time against bad teams, and now it is. I mean, what is it here? It's the Reds starting here, and then what do we got here? Perfect chance to make up some ground against. What do you mean against the team that is in the team you're chasing? Is the team that you want to play? Then it's Brewers, Dodgers, Reds again, Mets. Who hopefully, and that's in New York. Hopefully, I'm at one of those games, but still, a team that I'm not like even regardless of what they got going on right now. Still, a team with some dogs on that team. Then we got the Padres. They got the Padres. Then the Brewers, Cubs, Brewers. Like the this, it's 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 done. It's done. And you know what? There's I winnable I'm series not, in there. I'm not going to apologize for being upset with my team because it is what it is, and that's just the way that baseball is. And never and apologize for being passionate. But no, I, 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 I disagree. I think the Cardinals have a chance. That's All fine. the series you just listed. Go ahead. They, if they beat the Reds, they have two series against the Reds. The series yeah, against okay. the Mets. The series against the Cubs. They and you never know if they happen to. String some good games there against the Dodgers. Uh, the the Brewers are going to be tough, uh, but there's a, there's enough tough. time. Of, well, I know I said if they, of course the Do- the Dodgers are going to be tough, but if you can happen to win one of it's those fine. series, you're I in good shape. I look this doing this. I tr- I tried to come back and be positive, which I have been. Not about the Cardinals, but about baseball in general. It's exciting to see what we have cooking with baseball because the parody is here. The Brewers are looking great. The Braves, who, you know, parody, people might say, oh, the Braves. But no, the Braves have not been good for a long time. Um, 
and the Mets are still there. Then in the AL, we have the Rays, who were looking great. The White Sox, who haven't been relevant in a while. It, it, the West is whatever. Look, the baseball is in a good spot right now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens here or there when it comes to these, the Cardinals, the Yankees. Doesn't matter because we cover everything. But that being I, I said, completely, yeah, I completely agree with you about uh, uh, about the parody in baseball. And <clears throat> I'm sorry if I if you guys saw me abruptly get up. I, you could tell I was dealing with some hiccup things and needed to grab some water. Uh, but <laughs> it just uh, I, I was able to hear everything, and I I do agree with you about the the parody in baseball. It's it's absolutely fascinating, and frankly, I mean, it's I I you know Milwaukee to me is is one of the big teams to be in the uh, National League. I mean that that top three man with that rotation, it, it, that that I don't want to face them. I wouldn't want. Okay, to face so them at all. play uh, playoff race aside, yeah, the Brewers look like they're going to be the the NL Central champions. Contender or pretender? Real shot at the World Series, Milwaukee Brewers. I would say, I would say, contender, contender. no doubt about it. For sure. You you think they have the firepower to to yes. take out the Dodgers for and the sure. uh, for sure or the Giants for sure. I can one I can, million percent. Pete, I mean the balance, the balance of the Brewers is. I, I, you know, you really can't get more balanced than what they are. Great pitching, great hitting, great defense. There's, there's, I, I have not seen a flaw with this team. I mean, PJ, you've watched them more because they're in the Cardinals division. What do you think? You say I've watched them more, man. I don't. <laughs> I don't watch the Cardinals. I I just I strictly stay away from them because I just cannot watch them. But if you if you're talking about what I know about the Brewers, yeah, this is a three-headed monster that nobody is going to want to face in the playoffs. There the uh, it was Joey Votto recently who said he's faced the uh, the, the the Joey Votto, the career that he's had, he's faced a litany of great pitchers. And he said recently that the Brewers top three is the hardest group of pitchers he's ever had to face in a series. And Joey Votto is potentially a Hall of Famer. And if not, is just a great baseball player. So, and a great hitter. So there you go. I mean, I think Joey Votto is a Hall of Famer. No, I don't know. I I would I would tend to lean more toward you, Brett. Although I mean, right now he right now he's certainly borderline. He's certainly borderline. Joey Votto's a Hall of Famer. Yadi Molina is. So. I I've said before that Yadi's a Hall of Famer. I'm I'm not. I'm I've gone on record. You, Blaze. I'm just saying in general. I mean, look, two different positions. I don't know how you can compare them to be. Quite honest, I mean, Joey Votto, one of the all-around best first basemen in the league, and, and, and look at what he's doing. He's 37 years old, and the numbers he's put up this year. It's Same with Posey for the Giants. Who would have thought? With, same that, with Adam uh, Wainwright. Same with Adam Wainwright. 
See, yeah. you haven't lost all hope, PJ. Adam Wainwright has had arguably his best season, and he, he just turned 40 today. So happy birthday. You love Adam. to see it. Happy birthday, Adam Wainwright. Yeah, absolutely love to see it. Yeah, it, it is great for the game. I mean, I, and I look, I'm not doing this just to do it because I, I'm just not that person, but I really think that the Cardinals can contend. I mean, they just have to do a little bit more. I mean, it all comes down to this, being able to win three games that the Reds lose. Yeah, I, you know... <laughs> And I appreciate that. And I'm not going to, I am in, the, yeah, we, this is a baseball <laughs> podcast. We talk well, baseball. Here's it. Well, PJ, here's the, here's the thing I'm thinking. They have two I was series about against to the, go into the Cardinals, but here's the, the two no. series they have against the Reds. That's six games, right? Or is it seven six. games, six games. So the Cardinals still have their own destiny in their hands. If they can win their games against the Reds. Well, with that said, you have to win at least four or five of them. No, it's only this one series against the Reds. That's, Reds that's oh, good. okay. I misheard you then. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Guys, you know what? Uh, this is a baseball podcast. Swing blindly. We talk about all the teams, and I will be the one who champions all of the teams while you, Brett, and Blaze, your team gets to do – the thing that they do in the postseason. I will be here talking about all of the other teams. What do you mean? We're, yeah, we're talking Yankee. about all the other, we're talking about the other teams. The Yankees no, no, but still I'll be have the one that's talking them up. This 13 game stretch rejuvenated me as a fan. Uh, I, I've been, well, you know, really right since the trade deadline when they made the changes. But they have a lot of work to do. They can't. Agree. Yeah, they can't let let off the gas pedal. They have every game is going to matter. Do you guys but, know what their record was since the trade deadline? Uh, I know it's something ridiculous. <laughs> really, like, good. Uh, ridiculous. Really, like, gosh darn good. Was it like thirty three and like the opposite of the Mets? Like 33 30, and 18? 30 <laughs> and eleven. Thirty and eleven. I mean, that's winning seventy five percent of your games. That's. And the fact that we've only gained just a handful of games on Tampa Bay. I mean, look, I'll, I'll talk up some other teams here. I mean, the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox, as good as they are, I mean, granted, the rest of their division sucks. <laughs> you yes. can't tell me any anything and, different. And I, and I don't mean that disparagingly. Look, you are at this point, to quote Bill Parcells, you are what your what your record says you are, especially at this point of the year. I mean, you look at Cleveland; they're barely above five hundred, like hovering around five hundred. Everyone else in that division is below five hundred, at least five games below five hundred. So the White Sox should be beating up on this division the way they have. I mean, the Yankees won five out of six games against them. We beat the Astros, you know, four or five out of six. Um, the the A's, I believe we were what four and two against them. I mean, I, I mean this this team knows how to beat the good teams, except for Tampa Bay. Um, and yeah. you know, I'll 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 also talk up another, you know, team here. I mean, well, hey, can I say one thing about the sure. White Sox? Yeah, 
they don't have a good record against winning teams. They're below 500 against other winning teams. That's so true. they could have easily feasted on their division this year. So come the playoffs, uh, although their record looks great, uh, the White Sox might not be um, as solid a choice as like a World Series pick as as one would think. I think, you know, if they mash, sure. If Tim Anderson gets it, you know, puts the pedal to the metal in the playoff, sure. But um, I guess, a, you know, former ex-Cardinal and ex-Yankee, Lance Lynn, with a, a great year this year. A, a terrific year, no doubt about it. I, I sure. and. I mean, look. I'm just I'm just skeptical. I I guess I'm just skeptical about the White Sox. They could they could be fine. Their their record against winning teams maybe maybe it won't matter come playoff time. But you know it it is below 500 as it currently stands. So that is concerning. Yeah, I mean for sure. And and look, they're going to use this time as they should. They should use this next five weeks to rest your players and. Get healthy because you're gonna win the division. You're gonna win it. I mean, there's yeah. there's no if ands or buts there. You're gonna win that division. Um, I mean, Seattle. I think we have to praise the Mariners and and talk them up because normally they're way out of this thing, and right now they're nipping at the heels of the A's. Yeah, nipping at the oh. heels. But I don't they have the longest playoff drought. In pro sports, they have not been in the playoffs since, yeah. since two thousand and one. Two thousand one, yeah. Yeah, I believe that's the I believe that's the longest stretch of time that a team has not made the playoffs in out of the major four sports. I believe that's the the longest drought. I the believe A's. you're right. The A's? That's not good. That's no bueno. No, that's motto. not. In the words of Joe Girardi, that's not what you want. No. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean. I, I I was ready to say that Scott Service was, you know, deserved to be fired, but he has been more than <clears throat> serviceable. Yes. Oh, yeah, give yourself tough. a hi-hat for that one. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that was, yeah, that's, you know, that was, that that's what we come to expect from, from Blitz. You know what? If I was, if you were a Met, and I was a Mets fan. You would be, you'd be booing my uh, appreciation yeah. for that joke. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thumbs down. <laughs> you, but you know what though? You never have to worry about us pulling a Javi Baez. <laughs> Boo! Yikes! Big old yikes! Okay, I'm done. I I rest my case. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. What was that claim about the athletics? What? Was it about the was it about the A's? The pun? No, no. The The Mariners? At, the ser- serviceable? Oh, oh yeah. That was serviceable. The Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And, and and hey, we have to we have to give some love to uh Jerry DePoto, who was uh you know, in in the Brian Cashman camp before he went to Seattle, Brad. Yeah, Blaze, now that I'm back, I I do have to ask while we still have a little bit of time. You said it before, but I kind of want to hear you say it again. You uh, are you ashamed of yourself for your fire Cashman fire Boone stance from earlier in the year? 
Because I think you should be a little ashamed of yourself. So here's although although Brian Cashman did not put the team together well to start the year, he should get plenty of credit for fixing it mid-year. And I hope you're I hope you're a tiny bit ashamed for having that take. So here's the thing. I do not apologize for having that take at the time because it looked like the writing was on the wall. Now to you, maybe to, to me. Yes, it did. And, it and, certainly didn't seem like that to me. Well, and, and that's, must, that's that, what, that writing that, must've been in an invisible ink. Now nah, it was in Braille. Uh, Ah, uh, you wa- you walked right into that. And yeah, you know what? So maybe you did read the writing on the wall. I, well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I just and and I looked. I was looking at things objectively, and I just didn't see a way out. But yes, I. So I do not apologize for having that take at the time. Now, has my opinion changed based on how things have gone? Yes. Yes, I I think it has changed. I think you know you're you're seeing, and look, you know uh, the the team playing as well as they have. Yes, that makes Aaron Boone look better. You know, I I am not someone who who says that a manager looks really good when a team is winning and looks really bad when a team is losing. No, no, I I I don't feel that way. Um, and and honestly, my my criticism was more for Cashman than anything else, but certainly, I mean, at least on the on a regular season level, uh, right now to me, Brian Cashman gets you know gets a B, a B, yes, not even a B plus. I guess I, you are factoring in the entire first half I, as well. So I'm factoring. I suppose that would be fair. I'm factoring in the season as a whole. Right now, to me, yeah, Brian Cashman. That's actually is a fair a grade upon uh, second reflection there. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, he did do enough to get the team to claw itself back into wild card position when they had all but been projected by most outlets to outright win the AL East, and you know that with as well as the race play. I don't know if that's really attainable at this point. So they just got to gear up and more importantly, the Yankees have to keep winning games, keep the pedal to the metal, but they also have to stay healthy. Uh, Cause if they, if they run themselves out of gas and then have to play in that one game play in series, I mean, anything could happen at that point. I mean, it could, it, they might have to take every game so seriously that maybe we have Nestor Cortez uh, or they rather have Nestor Cortez starting that, uh, that one game playoff instead of, who would you would want go in that game, which is a uh, possible AL Cy Young winner um, or nominee for, say, Garrett Cole. Well, Garrett Cole is the only American League pitcher to have 200 strikeouts and 13 wins. And actually, you know, I'm of the opinion right now, if if the Yankees were having to play the wild card game today, and I am saying this from a place of we have two minutes and 15 seconds left, but I want Tyone starting game one. That way, oh, I can. You want him? You want Tyone starting the wild card game? Uh, right now, yes, yes. Okay. That way, I can have my best Garrett Cole for Game One 
of the next series. Yeah, yes. but that would be, I guess you're just of supreme confidence that the Yankees couldn't lose the wild card game. I, I, in that wild card game, you have to play like there's no tomorrow. To I, me, if Cole is available, you have to start Garrett Cole. I understand. Uh, I understand. To that, get but- to that one, I mean, you would burn him for game one, but you can't manage for a game that you don't know if you're going to play in. Yeah, I, I just don't think that, you know, we should be putting ourselves in a position to immediately put ourselves behind going into game one. Yes, no. I am I am very confident that the Yankees would win that that game. I absolutely am. Because I I just don't see I don't see the, the, the Red Sox winning that game. I don't see the A's winning that game. But I mean that's that's just me. Look, guys, we have about a minute left. So uh PJ, last licks for you. I love everybody who listens to this, and thank you. We swing, we swing for the fences, and we literally do not care. We swing blindly because, look, look, I am not the most athletic man, and Blaze is Blaze, and we we swing for the fences, and we don't care where it where it lands. Right. That's what we did. And Brett, neither do you, right? No, and uh, we represent all teams. Absolutely. Well, boys, this has been great. Uh, Thank you very much. Swinging blindly via the Pacifica Radio Network and wherever you get your podcasts on, as well as on social media, facebook.com slash swinging blindly podcast on Twitter at swinging blindly. No social media, no problem. Swinging blindly podcast at gmail.com. 